This is a short interview with Jim Revis from the Cloud Security Alliance. It was recorded at the InfoSec event in London on the 24th of April 2013. In this interview, Jim talks about how the definition of cloud computing has evolved over time, the CSA's star registry, the cloud computing security knowledge certification, and Jim's views on how cloud computing is evolving. Jim Revis, uh, executive director of the CSA and indeed the co-founder. Um, definition of cloud computing, Jim. Um, it used to be very simple, uh, elastic, scalable, multi-tenanted and subscription-based. Is that how you see it today? Well, I think that um, does actually give you sort of very high-level definition still of cloud. But you kind of wonder how useful that definition is without a lot more granularity. We, we have to understand that there's the, the software as a service has a lot of different aspects to it. Um, that middleware that maybe takes information and it parcels it out to a lot of different infrastructure as a service providers. Um, the, the, the need for us is to, while we certainly want to have those high-level understandings, and this is compute as a utility, it's tech commoditization, that we also owe it to ourselves to understand the complexities um, to the point where we can have very solid enterprise architectures that take into account, hey, some of this could be private clouds that are built internally, that can have a lot of different aspects from that full business application to basically a platform for storage and compute to these are things that are external to our organization and how do we, what's the right middleware to connect to those things. So we're, we're working a lot on that. We have a group that is focused on enterprise architecture um, and we collaborate very closely with NIST in evolving the, the original definition you referred to essentially came out of there. So the definition still holds. Uh, the, the, the things that are important for people to know is that th this is multi-tenant. You are sharing compute with other people that you may don't know. They could be good, bad, or indifferent. That this is something that is going to have those types of dependencies. It is something that gives you a great ability to innovate quickly because uh, the, the, the huge benefit isn't this cost savings of shared infrastructure, but it's the ability to take an idea to a full business solution in almost no time at all by being able to very quickly uh, procure and provision the compute assets of almost any type. So um, we, we need to do more work on the definition, but uh, yeah, basically it still holds. That's quite interesting. It's usually in any IT, indeed any business scenario, the cost, the, that's the bottom line, that's the driver. But you're saying actually it's not just that, that's not the most important, it's the flexibility inherent in cloud. I think so. I think people miss out on what the true profound impact of this is. And you know, I have a, a, a friend who was formerly a leader over at Eli Lilly, and they had one of those famous, and you could say maybe some of it's a little bit of apocryphal, but the stories of it was going to cost uh, several hundred thousand dollars in IT uh, products to be able to do the analysis necessarily to bring out a new drug to market, which the cost of time in blockbuster drugs is 
is huge, hugely expensive. And this person was able to, instead of spending the $300,000 and the three to six months it would take, they were able to do their job at Amazon for uh, less than $100. And they were able to do that in like four hours. That's one of those stories you hear a lot. But the the big aha moment for me out of all of that was not that, hey, uh, a a big pharmaceutical company saves $300,000 in IT costs but that you actually had one person, one researcher, who actually, maybe they didn't need that company. They didn't need the 100,000 employees. They were able to take their idea, and they were able to use this ubiquitous compute and innovate. And some big companies get that. Sometimes it, it's, it leads us to the very small companies who get that sort of thing. But that's what's really going to reshape our use of technology, which are... I think on the optimistic side is going to solve a lot of our world's problems. It's, it's scarcity of compute is has been an inhibitor to us actually solving problems. But we got to have our security in place so that we can do that. Now, one of the proverbs, uh, an outdated proverb that I came, uh, uh, I've been brought up with, is this concept of um, security through obscurity. Now, the CSA, uh, as far as I'm aware, the only organisation who appears to have turned that on its head by this, uh, by its Star Registry. Now, amazingly, I think not many people know about that. So, just tell us what is the Star Registry and why is that important for the CSA? So the the Star Registry is our big effort to promote transparency in the industry. And there was a a Supreme Court justice in the United States 100 years ago who had a very well-quoted phrase that said, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And we believe that's very true in cloud computing, that transparency, opening up the the sunshine to a lot of eyes is very important. We, We actually have this vision that Assurance in the long run is sort of three legs, and one of them certainly is traditional auditing and certification, um, and one of them is this continuous monitoring concept. But the third one, the most important actually, I think, is community policing based on transparency and having actually millions of people look at the security practices of cloud providers. So the STAR Registry, it stands for Security Trust and Assurance Registry. What we did is we actually took our best practices, our controls matrix, our consensus assessment questionnaire, and we said, we're going to create a registry and we're going to ask providers to do a self-assessment. They, they could do a third-party assessment as well. But basically, answer the questions, tell us how you secure your systems, and let's post that. Because when you look at these being somewhat of utilities or quasi-utilities, the public really has a right to know how their information is being managed and stored. And also, it's very smart for providers, if they want to forestall a lot of heavy-handed regulation, to be honest about this themselves. It's it's their best defense. So that's what we created. And we have, I think, 28, 29 entries that are out there. Um, everyone has done this work. Everybody that's of any scale. There's a few of them who haven't posted yet, and it's basically because of internal legal concerns. But you can, if, if you go look at our registry, which is cloudsecurityalliance.org slash star, you can go view these registry entries. You can see how these different companies interpret these questions related to the controls they must provide. You can compare them with each other. And if you don't see a company that's in there, 
tell them they should be in there. Uh, but in, at, at the very least, they'll probably provide you an answer to it under NDA, which we don't think is good. But people say, well, if this is a self-assessment, this won't be as good or as as uh, meaningful as maybe a third-party certification. And, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that on the one hand, uh, you may not have that same independent rigor. On the other hand, when you got a million people looking at things, we've told several of the providers told us they were sweating it out, what their answers should be and what the practices should be, because they knew there's a lot of smart people that could go look at these things. So, so we believe that this is something that should exist in a lot of aspects of our lives, this type of transparency um, to create trust. And it's not just security, but it's trust and it's confidence. So so we've seen a lot of growth in STAR, and we, we hope it's just going to continue to grow. And when you do go and have a look at uh, some of the entries there, what we're talking about is the controls that some of the big companies, and Amazon and HP and Google and Microsoft are there, some of the controls they put in place over their cloud infrastructure and you can see them. It's open for everybody. To what extent, uh, as well as the legal issues, I guess some of these companies are thinking of this as a potential risk of making their controls visible to the public. Is that a concern for companies? And is that maybe why there haven't been that many uh, entries on the Star Registry so far, do you think? So the uh, concerns really, there, there's, there's been that question about uh, are, are the controls that people are providing information about, is that potentially going to create a, a security hole? Is that going to create an opening? And the level of the information and the controls is really not that granular. For example, we, we want providers to tell us whether or not they do web scanning, uh, whether or not a client, a tenant could do uh, scanning of their their virtual machines, for example. We, we don't actually say, hey, post the last web scan you had so we can see all the vulnerabilities there. That's not the level we're operating on. So I think once people look at it, that's not a concern. But what is a concern for ones that have not participated is if they say that they're pre- performing some best practice and they aren't actually doing it, and something bad happens, would they be legally liable? And so it's more of that legal liability question, which I think in the long run, that's a losing proposition. You you do the right thing. You tell the world that you're doing the right thing. You follow through on it. And if bad things happen, I think that you know you actually can show that you availed yourself of all the best practices that are out there. So... Um, so we, we think it's going to continue to grow. And, and every company you mentioned, they, they are a, um, a submitter there, except for Google. I wanted to just correct you on that. They have done the work there at Google. Um, it's very possible to get a copy of what they've done. They just haven't posted it on our website for, for sort of reasons I've mentioned. Okay. Uh, and, of course, um, uh, these days, Due diligence is very important, and I think that star registry is a great starting point, an element t- t- towards that. Uh, if I can ask you about uh, the CCSK, that's the Cloud Computing Security Knowledge Certification. Um, I'm biased, but I, I suspect that's my view is it's one of the leading cloud computing security accreditations out there at the moment. Um, Version 2.1 was recently superseded by version 3. Uh, If you can help me with two things. 
those of us who did 2.1, what should we be doing next? And also, what are the key differences between 2.1 and 3? So for people who've actually taken the 2.1 CCSK certification, the there's two pieces of good news. One is that you don't need to take the new test in order to update your certification for version 3. And the second thing is you don't need to spend any money to update it. We consider the people to be early adopters that the 2.1 certification and what we're going to have for you that we're going to be releasing in Q2 of this year still is an online update module that you can go through that and you can update your certification and and that's it. So the, the differences in the test itself is because it covers an updated body of knowledge, there's a whole new area on security as a service and understanding that a very important thing. It's not just how we secure the cloud, but how we use the cloud to secure all of our infrastructure. So that's an important change. And beyond that, you will find that a lot of the, the questions are, we think we've improved them quite a bit. Uh, we've we've uh, actually gotten a lot of feedback, and we did a lot of analytics work to look at what are the very, um, very, very easy and very, very difficult questions out of uh, 2.1, and we eliminated some of them, we tweaked some of them, we did a lot of uh, regression testing on this, so we think it's a fairer exam. And then the other, the, the big thing that people notice right away if they're taking it is that it's 90 minutes, um, that was instead of 60 minutes, we, we did again do some analysis and saw people felt they were kind of rushed by, by this, so, um, so th- those are the main areas, and uh, you know, we, we are so far seeing it's uh, we're seeing somewhat of an uptick in the success rate the pass rate um it's it's still not something i would call a super easy exam but we think we've are moving the bar maybe from the pass rate being lower 50 percent to maybe upper 50 percent oh that's that's good news um what sort of numbers? How many people actually have that uh, certification right now, approximately? Yeah, we, we have over uh, 2,000 um, that are, are certified to this. So there's there's we're still pretty small in terms of uh, how this compares to certifications that have been around there for 10 or 20 years. This is only about a two-year-old certification, but it really is the only... Uh, security certification that's specific to cloud computing that's out there. It's really all that that's out there and it's based on again the leading body of knowledge that's there. So it is the place to go. We we are announcing today that we are collaborating with ISC Squared to create a complementary certification that's going to be uh, complementary to both CISSP and CCSK that gets into uh, some very uh, technical, tactical areas, but it's 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 really something you're going to want to get your CCSK and get that foundational uh, knowledge before you go attack something like that, and that will be available in probably about a year and a half. Oh, breaking news there, I guess. Uh, thanks for that. And finally, Jim, um, you've been associated with cloud computing for some time, and even the short time that I've been involved, I've seen the uptake the problem of security that's always held it back seems to be easing up a little bit now. How do you see, just take us through your experiences, what was cloud computing like five, ten years ago, and how do you see it in five or ten years' time from now? So I 
I think the, the beginning stages of uh, cloud computing, uh, we, we, we probably called that the ASPs, the application service providers, which was maybe the forerunner to software as a service. And it was very much, uh, it looked very much like outsourcing. It was uh, a full-grown business applications that from the 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 metal, the rack, all the way up to the software itself and the user interface was typically a single company that managed that whole thing, that whole entity for you. And as it's evolved and you know, tech consumerizations happen and you've seen things like infrastructure as a service, it's really developed into more of a layered model like an OSI where you have a lot of different companies and components that deliver that application to you. So I expect you to continue to see an evolution of that where we see a lot of orchestration that might be central, but you could be very surprised in the future with cloud brokering and really good understandings of REST and and service-oriented architecture that we we may actually see a lot of data center-less cloud applications that are grid-like, that you save all the energy costs, and you you might have some, maybe they're low-assurance applications that can run in that sort of way. I think you're going to see a lot more interchangeability with uh, a more mature cloud brokering model, which is going to continue to uh, reduce costs. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to say uh, what the the most popular application development environments are going to be and how is OpenStack going to compare to using VMware or Azure and all those sorts of things. That's that's really hard for me to uh, um, understand, but I think everything points to it continuing to follow Moore's Law and continuing to be cheaper and cheaper, and the development tools allow organizations to deploy things more quickly and I think it's it's the goal with that will be to create more resilient applications that can exist anywhere and I think it's just going to be more and more virtual and the idea of having cloud applications that can be a virtual uh, represent a virtual country or company and be distributed all over the place without regard to specific data centers I think that that's going to be a really good thing. That's going to be a real exciting thing, and it's going to be a lot more of a shift in empowering the IT user versus the IT provider, which is, I think, sort of where the balance of power is today. And to what extent do you think the mobile computing, these smartphones and tablets, have been the driver for just that? It's it's huge, and you, you can't look at one without the other because... Uh, the cloud is it, it represents sort of this this back end shift of our IT systems to this more commoditized uh, service oriented view. However, the power in allowing business units and individuals to adopt the cloud, a lot of that rests on their ability to have control over their own mobile devices that enter into that. And so if you are an IT person and you theoretically had 100% of your employees only were using fixed desktop PCs, you'd have an easier job in uh, inhibiting, if you wanted to, 
the adoption of cloud computing because you control the endpoint. When you don't control the endpoint and the endpoint's so dynamic and just the, the architecture of mobile computing presupposes cloud-based backend storage and services that it really is a very synergistic way of creating this adoption of cloud computing. So, yeah, they do fit one one with the other, and the it, it's not just going to be traditional phones. You think about this Internet of Things, it's going to be all sorts of devices, embedded systems, all sorts of things that are going to rely on the cloud back end, and that's going to continue to push for more and more cloud computing. It's an unknown and exciting future ahead. Jim Reeves, CSA. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.